The world of theater is full of stars. But just like in the night sky, sometimes we don't see them all. Some are in the wings, some are maybe up over us in the catwalk. Hopefully they're not under the stage, but um, you never know. In this series, we are going to meet those hidden stars of the theater, hear their stories, and be inspired by them. So join me on this journey here in my state-of-the-art production studio in my backyard as we meet the hidden stars of theater. Hey everyone, welcome back to my trailer and welcome back to the Hidden Stars of Theater. I'm your host, Jamie Davis. It is so good to have you with us as it always is. We've got a great show for today. Uh, Amy Lemmerhart, who is um, uh, spent time as a scenic painter and still does some of that. And most recently, and, and, and a lot of really cool tours we're going to hear about, she's been the, the props master and uh, done all things prop related. Uh, I learned a lot on uh, just getting to know Amy, and you're going to learn a lot today as she shares with us the world that she lives in. And it's just uh, really good stuff. So I'm excited to dig into that. But first, we got a feature school today that sent me some great pictures, some shots from their 2019-2020 season. And that is Poway High School in San Diego, California, under the directions of Katie Newbanks. And so we're going to start uh, by showing those shots right now. So before we get to know Amy, let's do that. Let's roll those show shots. very good that looked like you guys had some great shows this season Poway and uh, Katie thank you for sending those in hey if you're watching this and we haven't shown off your sets your actors your tech people why not send us pictures send me the pictures my my email address is down in the description of this video you got no excuses get some to me and we can show you off all right I don't want to just go like stalk you on Facebook and find pictures it might not be legal and it's definitely not uh cool but so send them to me so i can do it all right but that's not why we're here today we are here today to meet and celebrate one of the hidden stars of theater and that is amy limmerhurt amy welcome welcome and thank you for being our guest here today thank you so much for having me i'm really excited yeah absolutely and amy is a scenic painter and and a props master and i'm excited because you know we've had several different guests in in, in different disciplines as they say in the theatral world but you're the first one to represent either one of those scenic painters or props people props masters and 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 educate us and i i asked you this earlier but for other people because we kind of wonder what is the official term is there one or we call you props dude or just as long as we're polite <laughs> Um, either props master, props supervisor, something like that. Anything's fine, really. <laughs> Probably at times props ninja, you know. I, I've i gotten that before. I don't <laughs> like prop tart. <laughs> oh, ooh, yeah. No prop tarts. That's not good. Don't go no. there. Don't go there. Very good. You've all been warned. All right. So <laughs> what we want to do is just to get to know you. Um, you uh, have a fascinating story, and I'm excited to share that with everyone. So uh, there's no reason to delay. We want to get right into that. So let's. It, we just want to learn from your experience, really, because as you know, as I say, who we are uh, comes from where we've been, and all of the people 
that have shaped us and influenced us and all of the life experiences. Um, Amy, they are who have they are what have brought you to where you are today. And there's wisdom in everybody's journey. And so we're just sponges ready to soak that in and be taught uh, from you and, and to just hear all of those things. So I will give you the stage, ma'am. It is yours to share and to to lead. Great. Um, awesome. So I, uh, I'm from Buffalo, New York. Um, I grew up going to theater a lot as a kid. Um, my aunt would bring me to Shays Theater in Buffalo. Um, so I saw a lot of the touring shows there when I was young. I saw um, things, I think Aladdin was my very, very first show I ever saw. Um, and then Cats. So I really, really enjoyed all of that. Um, I was, when I first started out going to theater, I was much more excited about the acting and singing aspect. Um, when I was uh, in elementary school and middle school, I was in chorus and I, um, I was actually in a couple of musicals in middle school. I was in Cinderella and I played a mouse and things like that. Um, nice. Now, should I, are there, <laughs> are there pictures out there somewhere I can put up on the screen? You know, I don't think so. I don't think uh, so. Um, you don't think so or you're it, not willing to admit it? Oh, you know, it didn't go, it didn't go very well. I was a very timid mouse oh. <laughs> in Cinderella, so I wasn't. <laughs> Which is right. Yeah, right. I was very in character. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Um, so I, uh, I really enjoyed that aspect of it. In middle school, I got really, really into Phantom of the Opera. I was very obsessed with it. I thought I was going to be Christine Daae someday and travel the world. And um, as I got into high school, um, I didn't pursue um, singing or anything like that. Um, I was more interested in visual arts. Um, so I sort of moved on to drawing and a, a lot. So I was more into drawing and painting. Um, a lot of my friends in high school were into um, the technical theater side of things. And I'm looking back, I wonder why I, I didn't do that or didn't realize that, oh, all of my friends do this, maybe I should do it too. Um, but I was very involved in like art club and things like that. So I had sort of a full schedule at the time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, when I uh, went in, after I graduated high school, I went into college as undeclared. I didn't know what I was really going to do. I thought I was going to start out in criminal justice, um, maybe being a sketch artist, something like that. That all seemed exciting to me. Um, it uh, it wasn't a great fit. I was It wasn't as exciting as I wanted it to be or, um, you you so, were thinking TV, weren't you? <laughs> I was, I was, I was really, yeah, yeah. Criminal absolutely. Minds, the BAU, I understand. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so after that, I switched majors. My first major switch was fine art on um, painting with a. Uh, so I I did that for about a year. Um, I had really great professors on that as well, but they sort of. Um let me know that my career options were very limited. That's what I chose. Um, so knowing that I switched to illustration and graphic design, which I enjoyed a lot. I enjoyed a lot more than painting or that the um, fine art painting. Um, but it also, it just didn't really feel right. I enjoyed everything I was doing, but I also sort of realized I enjoyed um, drawing for myself and creating things for myself more than I did working on assignments and things like that. So I thought that might not be a great fit for me. Um, while this was a, uh, I took an English 102 class okay. um, and my professor, 
he chose to only do one text for the entire semester, and that text was Shakespeare's oh, wow. Coriolanus, which is sort of which an is an interesting choice. Shakespeare play, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, I became obsessed with it really fast because I had sort of been into Shakespeare before then, um, but that really, really got me into Shakespeare. And we watched the Rail Shakespeare Company recorded version of it with Alan Howard as Coriolanus. Wonderful. And I sort of, I thought he was a fantastic actor. And so I like looked into what other things he had done. And I discovered um, Peter Brook's Midsummer Night's Dream from, I think, 1970. And it was just a completely different version of Shakespeare than I'd ever seen. It was like this white set with trapezes. And it was this amazing circus theme. And so it, I got a book out of the library. The 70s. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so I got a book out of the library that was devoted exclusively to that. And it was like, they took it on a world tour it's like yeah. that would be amazing to um work with Shakespeare and travel the world and all of that that's everything I wanted so, so is that I, the first time that you had ex even heard tour I mean as far yes. as it's related to theater so that was kind of an introduction to that yeah it was and it was it was amazing to hear like the cast flying around the world and all of their different experiences in all these countries and how theater is different in every country um and so that really pushed me to to think about theater as uh, my major and sort of what I wanted to do with the rest of my life. Um, after that semester, or at the end of the semester, I went to the theater department and um, talked to the head of the department, Donna. She was amazing. And I felt welcomed immediately. And she was like, if you want to transfer credits over and become a theater major, she's like, totally do it. And she was just so lovely and kind. And I was like, all right. I'll give that a shot. And <laughs> my first class is one of the first days I was, um, I was actually in, I don't even remember what class it was, but my very first projects I ever did, I had to take this giant pink refrigerator across campus and just push it across campus to another theater. And I was like, this is already amazing. This is already sort of what I want to do. Just do <laughs> goofy stuff. Yeah. So um, at the time I was like, this is it, this is it. I'm just going to push refrigerators around and be happy. And so, um, <laughs> yeah, um, I did a lot of design, uh, scenic design and lighting design in college, um, at a professor who really pushed me towards lighting design and I really enjoyed it. Um, so I stayed an extra year in undergrad. I went to bus state. I don't think I mentioned that. Um, but I spent an extra year there. Um, I graduated with a BFA in, technical theater and design. Um, and uh, the summer after that, I got my first real life theater job at Ohio Light Opera as an electrician. Um, and I loved it. I loved it. And it was, I feel like I, I felt like I finally found what I had been looking for for a long time. And I felt like I fit in and I had friends and not that I didn't have friends in other departments, like other majors and doing other things, but it just felt right. So, um, so you started as an electrician at uh, at, at, at the at the Summerstock um, mm -hmm. Ohio Light Theater. Uh, yes. it, it, had you done a lot of that in college? I did a little bit, a little bit. Um, I actually had never done a hang and focus until oh, wow. I got to Ohio Light Opera. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, uh, so that was uh, that was interesting because I'm also one of the reasons that I'm not soup that I'm not an electrician now is that I'm not great with heights. So. Uh -huh. uh, that Doing helps. the hang and focus was like, oh, maybe, maybe I won't be an electrician. <laughs> can we just lower the um, batons? Yeah, can, can <laughs> we just bring everything focus? in and guess? It'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
but I did enjoy I enjoyed everything there it was we had we did seven shows in one summer so I got to see all this light opera and Gilbert and Sullivan and I really really right. enjoyed it um yeah I chose to go to grad school um when uh the head of my department at Buff State she was um she was retiring and at her retirement party, she hugged me and she was like, you should go to grad school, honey. <laughs> I was like, uh, okay, <laughs> that, that's the, that, you know, all right. Done. Um, so, yeah. So I, um, I went to Erda, um, and, uh, presented all of my scenic designs and things. I, I went with the assumption I was going to be doing scenic design. Um, and I ended up, None of the uh, the grad schools that I interviewed with, um, I ended up going to, but my um, scenic design professor in undergrad, her professor taught at Cal State Long Beach in California. So I chose to go there, um, mostly because the head of the department, the scenic design department there is from Russia. And the first semester I was in grad school, I was able to go to Russia um, for That's three months. That's way cool. That's very, yeah, and- very cool. Yeah, so that was that was great. And I hadn't, oh my gosh, I hadn't been on an airplane until I went to Long Beach for my interview there. So that was wow. the first time I'd ever been on a plane. Wow. <laughs> and then all of a sudden I was going to Russia. So <laughs> yeah, um, I enjoyed grad school a lot, but it was very, very, very difficult. <laughs> I was very stressed out. Um, and uh, by the end of it, I was very burnt out. Um, was it... I, um... Was your uh, grad school experience primarily um, uh, practical or academic, or was it a good mix? It was a good mix. It was yeah. a good mix. Um, we worked in the scene shop for four hours a day in addition to our classes. So I got a lot of hands-on work building things, um, wow. carpentry. So that was nice. That was good. Um, and I also got to teach a scenic painting class, which I loved. That was probably my favorite part of grad school, actually, was teaching scenic painting. Um, and we did a lot of model building, like a lot of model building, which was great. And that was the other part I really enjoyed was building very, very tiny little things. Um, but I really, towards the end of grad school, I realized that design wasn't necessarily what I wanted. I would rather do things more hands-on and be more right. involved with the running of the show itself, um, which I actually, when I graduated, I ended up going more towards scenic painting, which is also my interest, but that's way less of dealing with the actual running of the show. Um, but uh, <laughs> so my, fir- my first professional gigs out of grad school were all scenic painting. Um, I, uh, I did Ohio Light Opera a couple of years. I did Gateway Theater in Long Island as a scenic charge, which was really fun. Um, and then uh, one of the people I actually met at Ohio Light Opera was my now husband, who was um, taking a break from one of his tours with the Kennedy Center. Um, so that was, that sort of reignited my desire to go on tour. And about a year after I graduated grad school, um, he was on the show, Hello Dolly, and they needed a last minute assistant props person. And I was available and I had always wanted to go on tour. Well, since I knew what touring was, I'd wanted to do it. Um, and so I said, yes, and I packed my things and I was on the plane the next day. (laughs) So I found out that I got the job and then I packed up very badly because I didn't really know how to tour at that point. Um, and then I was out. Maybe that's a tech. whole segment. Yeah. And so that that was your first props assignment as well? Yeah, it was my first professional props gig as well. Um, so I'm a- seeing a pattern, Amy. 
you know, your first <laughs> professional gig was electrician, which you'd never hung and focused. Yeah. This is awesome. So you're an adventurous soul. We're learning. <laughs> I don't feel like it, but it, it, um, it seems, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's great. Uh, yeah. So I, uh, my first tour, um, was hello Dolly, which it was the very, the beginning was very stressful because I really had no idea what I was doing at all. I had never, I like had visited my husband once or twice when he was on tour, but it was a very different sort of tour because it was, it was really small. It was just a box truck and it was children's theater going to smaller venues. And this was a four truck tour. Um, so I showed up in the middle of tech week and um, we were, uh, the head props guy was still building props. So I helped with that. And um, we helped create a track for the show and um, because it didn't really exist until uh, that point. Um, yeah. And since then I uh, I've done, I think eight tours at this point, wow. um, two as assistant and then the rest as head. So yeah, it's been great. <laughs> and, uh, that's, yeah. That is awesome. And when you were, um, when you helped originate the props for that show, where, where was that? Where were you guys at? Oh gosh, it was at a community college in New Jersey um, okay. and I never played it again. So I don't even know if I could remember the name. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But it wasn't necessarily, uh, it was, a, you, I mean, you were using their facility, I guess. Yes, to, yes, to do we it. were. We were, we were using, they, were, they had a scene shop and a lot of venues we play don't have them. So that's one of the reasons I suppose that was chosen for a site to tech the show. Um, it was a rather small theater, but they had a really nice scene shop and they had a lot of support space for building things, which was good because uh, we had to build some tables and things like that. That's interesting, and I hadn't, and we hadn't, we hadn't talked about this, but yeah. um, the the you said the space to tech the show. So mm -hmm. uh, I guess you know, obviously, just like any show beginning, you you start rehearsals and you and mm -hmm. you do tech. Mm -hmm. um, but are a lot of the a lot of times are those um, like colleges use their facilities for that kind of thing? It probably is more economical than renting a professional theater. I would obviously. Yeah, um, I've actually teched at in Columbus, Georgia, multiple times, and they have a college there. Um, so they have, they have a decent scene shop and they've got room and a lot of it's, it's helpful to have that kind of thing when you're um, teching a show. And I've been lucky all the places I've teched have sort of been that way, but I, I don't think it's, it's necessarily always like that. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. interesting. That's cool. That's good yeah. stuff. Yeah. Well, that's a great, man, that's a great journey. Um, and you have, you are definitely adventurous and you've got a lot of different skills, which, uh, which is cool. And we're going to talk more about that a little later, <laughs> dive into that kind of thing. But I want to go back and um, just kind of ask you some uh, follow-up uh, questions to some of what you shared. One of those is in, in high school, you know, you, you kind of talked about how when you were younger, you know, it was all about the stage and you wanted to be Christine and Phantom, which is, which is great. Um, but then you kind of lost that when you got into high school, it wasn't so much performance based um, and you wanted to focus more on visual art. Uh, this is just a curiosity question. Uh, you feel like there was any collaboration at all between the two departments in high school, the theater and the visual arts? Um, there didn't seem to be in my specific high school. Um, at least I segregated myself a little bit, not on purpose or anything like that. But um, like the art club didn't really do and didn't really like create backdrops or anything for the um, theater department or anything like that. Um, but actually, when I was in college, one of the classes that I did, they created some we 
the there was like a collaboration dance piece between the art department and the the theater department um but my high school was very um very the theater department was very very small in my high school and um yeah i actually i don't remember a whole lot about it honestly um i know that yeah i i'm sure there was a scene shot but i never stepped foot in it so (laughs) Uh, uh, well, and a lot of high schools don't have scene shots. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, the reality is there just isn't the space. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I man, that's something that I think we should encourage you and me together. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, uh, it just makes sense. Why not? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. maybe had that done, you would have known much sooner. Hey, yeah. this is something I could jump into. It's true. <laughs> yeah. uh, so if you're out there and you're a teacher, it, it, reach out to the art department and they've got some things that uh, will help you. I mean, come on, we all know you're stressed out, right? <laughs> Been there. So um, the next question is a little more, uh, it's almost a little obscure, I would say, but it was interesting to me that so many of the shows, Amy, that you talked about being really influential um, in key moments of your life were Shakespeare, right? which is pretty far from the world of modern musical theater per se. And um, is that, I mean, was that just a coincidence? It was just because those were the shows that were available or is there kind of a deep love for the bard buried in there somewhere? (laughs) (laughs) I I do have a very deep love for Shakespeare. Um, I think in my ideal world, I would tour with a Shakespearean show, but that's not really, sort of an option it seems like um i i also love musical theater very much um but it's all it also seems like there's not it's uh yeah it's more difficult to tour with a shakespeare show (laughs) yeah there's not a lot of it going on let's be honest yeah there's just not a lot of it going on um yeah and uh with the with musical theater it's just so um there's it's so high energy Mm-hmm. Um, so backstage is just, there's, it's, there's so much energy backstage and I don't know if it would be the same with a, a Shakespeare show. I've never actually done one professionally. So, um, yeah, I would be, I mean, I would be absolutely interested in doing a Shakespeare show professionally, but, um, the closest I got was something rotten, which had Shakespeare in it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So that was really, that brush that up really your, fun. did you brush up your Shakespeare? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I hate Shakespeare. I hate Shakespeare. I hate Shakespeare. <laughs> That's right. Yes. Ah, funny. Yeah. A funny, funny song. Yeah. Uh, and in teaching, um, you mentioned that you really enjoy teaching that. You think that's a future thing for you, maybe? Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. Yeah. I would really like to do that. I would really, I, I think I would have a lot of, a lot of fun and it would, I, I really enjoyed doing it when I was in grad school and just encouraging um, people because it, it was a lot, it was all students had to take it. And a lot of students are very, very self-conscious about their art skills, which right. I don't think they have to be because <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's just another, um, it's just something else to practice and be good at. I don't really necessarily believe in like innate talent. Some people, everybody draws when they're little. And then, true. that's very so, true. And yeah. it just depends when you stop. Cause when, when you don't stop, you just, you know, keep getting better. But if you stop, then you, don't have the same skills it's so um I really I enjoyed that part of it like encouraging people's um creativity and working with a medium they hadn't worked with in years and years and years like some of them hadn't painted since they were like finger painting in kindergarten and um I I really enjoyed that part of it 
That's awesome. And and one of the things a lot of people may not know, um, scenic painting is very much a gridded out thing, right? You mm -hmm. don't necessarily like maybe somebody else even does the original drawing mm -hmm. and then you can take a piece of, um, uh, you know, grid paper or whatever, or draw a grid over it and then put grids on. a. Um, is that I mean, am I am I right in that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, there's so many tricks and tools to help you in scenic art. Um, that if you aren't like super, you don't feel super strong with your drawing skills, there's so many tricks to help you. <laughs> you don't have to be like the best artist in the entire world to be a scenic painter. A lot of it is. And also there's more, um, it doesn't have to be necessarily as intricate as something you're looking at up close because right. most people see it from very far away. That's so. exactly right. I know when I make props and I do things and I work with students, I always tell them, um, you know, don't, don't, take too much time on the fine detail because it doesn't have to look good up close. And yeah. Yeah. That, that helps a lot of people build confidence mm -hmm. in that for sure. Yep. Yeah. That's great. That's very good. And sometimes I would imagine if the scenic designer has actually done the drawings, they don't want you to put your own flair oh, in yeah. it. Right. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. It's your job to, to paint what they painted. Exactly. So yeah. Following directions is important. Children. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's awesome. So um, a couple other things here from your journey, which was great. Uh, one of the things that you mentioned about the theater department when you when you found your thing. Right. Um, but a lot of it sounds like what you have loved through your story is about the people and the relationships. Right. So yes. at the time. Did it did you notice a difference or was one of those things kind of more influential? Was it more about the what or more about the who, or maybe that didn't even develop until later? Yeah, I think I didn't realize that what it was at the time. Um, and looking back on it, I think a lot of it was the who, um, because the other departments I was in, um, like illustration, for example, it's not as collaborative as theater is. So I think I was missing that a lot. And there was I wouldn't say that it was competitive because that department wasn't necessarily competitive, but it was very much you're working on your own thing right. and then you're going to put your thing up on the wall and everybody's going to critique your thing, um, which, you know, sometimes happens, which was happening a lot when I was in scenic design. And um, but when I got into theater in college, it was very much like we're working together to create this thing. And I think that that was what I was looking for because um, I really, really enjoy collaborating with people and things like that. And I was missing out on that in the other yeah. departments I was in. With theater is definitely about collaboration. Mm -hmm. it's, it's all very much about the cast and crew and all being one family. That's great. Mm -hmm. Okay. So Russia, how, <laughs> how super jealous am I of that experience? Three months in Russia with, um, and, and even, you know, a lot of people travel abroad, but I think you had the advantage of doing it with someone you already knew who was from there. Mm -hmm. So what a unique experience. Uh, talk to me a little bit about what you noticed were techniques and styles different. Did you learn some things that you would say maybe still influence your art today? Absolutely. Um, so uh, when I was in Russia, my professor um, is the artistic director of his own theater company there called Theater Pokoleni, which means theater of generations. It was a um, a theater that his his fa uh, his father started, um, so it was a theater that was inside the wall of St. Peter and Paul Fortress. So it was oh cool all of these halls 
in the wall basically so they had eight halls the first hall was like their lobby the second hall was the audience the third hall was the actual theater fourth hall was backstage stuff like that so it was this amazing beautiful beautiful found space um and they produced all of their own work like they would adapt plays but a lot of it was stuff that they um conceived themselves um and when I was there, we were lucky enough to collaborate with Chris Barreca from Cal Arts. Um, wow. So he flew out and we um, sort of created a devised piece called Petersburg. Um, so we, and it was, we, it was, um, it was so interesting there because I, I, I only really worked with that theater very closely, but um, all of the actors there were also the technicians for the most part. Okay. So um, they were the ones that would hang the lights. They were the ones that would operate the light board. If they weren't in the show, they'd be operating the light board, things like that. The very tiny little two scene preset board. Um, but it wow. was really the most beautiful theater I've ever seen. Um, they did a really good version of a really great version of King Lear called Baz Lyra, which is without Lear. So it's all of King Lear, but without the character of King Lear, there's a chorus for him at the beginning. And it was just, oh, it was beautiful. It was really great. Um, so like a like kind of like in the Greek tradition, the Greek chorus represented the king. Yeah, yeah, it was very cool. Um, and so I saw that a bunch of times. Um, I saw actually a couple more really cool devised um, Shakespeare shows there as well. Um, and it 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 was all like found theater, basically, like all. Yeah, um, yeah it was just incredible. Um, and I also I saw a lot of, of ballet there, which was beautiful. Um, yeah, it was just, it was really exciting to work with a group of people from a completely different background and create a theater piece. Um, and after I left, um, people went back the next year and they worked on it some more. And so that theater piece is still being worked on and tweaked and changed. And so it's still go, I, I know they had to switch theaters, um, but I believe it's still going on in a different space. So, okay. yeah, it was just an incredible experience. Yeah, cool. One of those things that, um, man, students, if you ever get an opportunity like that, take advantage of it while you can. Because, um, yeah, as you get older in life, they just don't come as often. <laughs> but that's okay. It's, I'm not bitter. I'm not bitter. <laughs> well, um, so here, here's the cool thing for you, Amy. I don't, I don't know if you're aware, but you are actually the first prop master and scenic painter on our show. Um, but since, uh, you know, property, we've talked quite a bit about uh, scenic painting up to mm -hmm. this point. Um, so you get to kind of be the one who tells us and talks us through the position. We've, we've talked to, you know, carpenters and electricians and uh, audio guys. You know, those, those guys are a dime a dozen. Just, <laughs> just kidding. We love them all. They're all in our family. But we, we haven't had the privilege of having a prop master yet. And so you get to kind of represent your guild, so to speak. <laughs> And uh, we would love to learn more about what does that mean? Um, because I know from having spoken with you a little bit this week, uh, it means a lot more than I thought it meant on tour. It's, it's um, kind of redefined for me. Oh, wow, that's, there's a lot more there than I would have ever have dreamed. And so I would love it if you would just talk us kind of through, you know, what what is, what does a prop master do? Uh, are there different positions within that title? Um, what does a, a, your typical week look like in a tour, so to speak? Um, yeah, and I think that'll be good. It'll be great. Awesome. So I um, generally, and I, let's see, most of my tours, I'm the only props person. Um, 
my last tour something rotten there were two of us um but a lot of times it's just me um so my first the first thing I do in a day if we're moving a show if we're loading in a show um a lot of times um we'll have five load-ins in a week or we may only have one load-in in a week depends how long we're staying um my first job in the morning is um once well actually the very first thing I do when I walk in the building is meet the head props person of the building um so I'll talk to them about uh the show that we're putting on so um if for example if we are setting up an orchestra pit and we need chairs and stands I'll ask them oh we'll need five chairs and five stands for later this afternoon because um, you are doing the you set up the orchestra pit yes we set up the orchestra pit wow which a um, lot of people probably don't and I know I didn't realize yeah. that that was part of a property that doesn't seem like a property person thing but yeah interesting yep so uh I'll talk to them about that um some tours that are uh bigger than the ones that I've been on um have a lobby rehearsal so they have another setup for the band in the lobby so that'll be set up in the morning um but after I talk to the head props person, get everything sorted out with them just to make sure we're on the same page so they know how the day is going to go. Um, so, you know, there's no surprises. I give them the schedule, like when we're going to take lunch, because sometimes um, props will take lunch at a different time um, than the carpentry team, something like that, just to make sure we can all work together efficiently. Um, so after I talk with them, um, the trucks will be unloaded. So on uh, the most recent tour I did was rent. Um, so we had two trucks for rent. No, oh my gosh, three trucks for rent. Yeah. <laughs> we had three trucks for rent. It's been a while. Um, so I would, um, when they unload the truck and things come off the truck into the building, I would just direct where things go. Um, so that helps um, other departments just not have to worry about that. And it's, it's sometimes difficult if more than like one person's directing the truck because uh, it just makes sure that they can all do their jobs um, because a lot of times carpentry has to come in the morning and lay out points for the rig for rigging and things like that. Um, so that way I don't necessarily have a lot to do in the morning. So I help direct that. Um, so on rent, I would um, direct the first truck, help direct the second truck. And then the third truck would be all of my stuff. So it would be um, props. And then in the nose of the truck is wardrobe. Um, wardrobe comes in at least on rent they came in a little later than the rest of us they would come in at around 11 so I would just make sure that all of their uh their gondolas come off the truck and they go where they need to go um rent had a very minimal wardrobe set up backstage but sometimes some shows have like a wardrobe alley like a gondola alley that I would set up for them so when wardrobe comes in all of their things are there um so after that I would generally start working on the orchestra pit. Um, so I would get the orchestra pit dropped, uh, make sure that we have chairs and stands and things that we need there, set up the keyboard, set up the drum kit, um, and uh, set up sometimes stand lights, sometimes electricians do that, sometimes props do. Um, so you have to know instruments. I mean, you have to know all of that stuff. Did, did you have any experience with that before or is it just learn it on the job? No, I didn't have any experience before I became a props person at all. Um, I've worked with a lot of really, really great drummers who are very nice and help me um, uh, understand their kits and make sure that I get things set up for them correctly. Um, yeah. Uh, rent was a little different because the band is set up on stage. So that is like, that happens a little bit later in the afternoon. Um, right. 
but and the drum setup for rent was very different than I'd ever set up a drum kit before. Um, so in that case, I sat with the drummer for an hour and we put it together uh, together so that I knew how it went together because a lot of times um, the band won't actually might not be in the same state as we are in the morning. They yeah, may still be traveling. So, um, and they only have about half an hour to make sure all their stuff is set up correctly. So, oh, wow. um, so you got to get it right. Yeah. Yeah. So um, yeah. So yeah. Um, like I said, with rent things um, were a little different because the band sets up on stage, which is actually, I like a little better because then you don't have to worry about an orchestra pit because some theaters, the orchestra right. pit can be tricky. Um, if it doesn't have a lift, that can be difficult. Um, yes. But after um, after the orchestra pit is set up, on some shows, I'll set up the Marley if they have Marley. Um, uh, Rent had a deck, so Carpentry sets up the deck. Um, but something rotten, we had Marley, so me and my assistant would get that down um, when it was you know convenient for everybody else. Um, once that's set up, I can start setting up the props for the show, set up the prop boxes where they go, set up wardrobe upstage if it hasn't been set up already, um, and make sure all my onstage props are there. Um, so that's basically the like the bulk of the traditional props load in. Um, after that's done, it's dinner break, hopefully. Um, if it's a really busy day, it's a very short dinner break, but on <laughs> rent, I get a, get a little bit of time. Um, when I would come back, it would be sound check. So I would um, just make sure everything is set up for the show. Um, on rent, it was a little different because I had to do an amp check. So I would be with the actor and he would play guitar and I would make sure the amp was set to the appropriate volume for the house that we're in because it changes a little bit every day. Um, but that was the only show I've done that for. Um, uh, and after that, I teach, uh, I had on rent, I had two locals with me for the show. So I would teach them their tracks, which on rent was really minimal, but some shows it's a lot. So I just walk through the track with the locals just to make sure they have a heads up and know what's going on. Um, some shows I give them track sheets. Rent didn't need one because it was really simple. Um, Something Rotten didn't end up needing one because it was just easier to explain in the moment. But Motown was like a four page track sheet for locals. Oh, so wow. yeah, it just depends on the show. Um, after all that, we'll run the show. And then uh, after the show's over, um, we either start loading out or we can go to a hotel or a bus. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, on a one-nighter, it's load in, show, load out. So we'll get done around, depending on the show. Like Rent, I was done at like midnight. Other shows, I'd be done around 2, so 2 a.m. So just depends on the show. Um, yeah, that was that's sort of a, a typical load-in day for me. Okay. So um, you didn't talk a lot about uh, props there. You talked about helping everybody else in the world <laughs> except for yourself much. <laughs> so, yeah. So first of all, you, I mean, you really are, your hands are in a little bit of everybody's business because mm -hmm, you mm -hmm. it sounds like you really help them all out, which is, which is great. Yeah. But you got to have a lot of skills for that. Yes. It, uh, I mean, all my electrician background helped. <laughs> Things like yeah. that helped. Um, the other thing I didn't really talk a whole lot about is um backload so like if uh if the place we're loading into is very very small um sometimes we have to take empty cases and carts and things like that and put them back on the truck and generally i'm free enough that i try to help out with that i think i'm uh i was very spoiled on rent and i didn't have to do that at all 
um, they, I sort of joined a crew that already existed. So they had a great, they had a really great um, thing going. So they knew exactly what to backload, when to backload. Um, and we never really had to do it because it was such nice. a small show. Um, but also I think I, my, uh, everything is clouded right now by the fact that rent was such a small show that my prop setup was very minimal, but, um, on other shows, there is quite a lot to the props aspect of it. My load in, like with something rotten, there were a lot of things that had to be unpacked. We had to take things off their travel wheels. So we had some big platforms that, um, all of our props were stored in. So we had to get those out and set them on other sides of the stage. Um, a lot of the big props were on, uh, sort of put on travel wheels so that their wheels wouldn't get damaged. Right. Um, so there was a lot to that show and there was a lot to like Motown and things like that. But um, rent was really minimal uh, prop setup because okay. it all lived on stage forever. Basically yeah. all the big tables just were there the whole show. <laughs> so. And what about like prop maintenance? Um, you uh, know, obviously these things get used and abused throughout. Is that your responsibility or something, you know, as, as the tour goes along? It is. It is. Um, some shows, there's not very much maintenance, but most of them, there's quite a bit. Um, with Rent, there was a lot of maintenance. The show had been out for four years already. So um, there's only so much you can do. I mean, uh, when I got the props, they were in very good condition. But, you know, they're, we're using a lot of things the way they're not really meant to be used. So like, absolutely. So you have to reinforce, like with Rent, we had a telephone that was literally whipped off a table thrown from a fire escape. So it's like you have to to make sure that that phone is able to be tossed <laughs> and abused a little bit. Um, so there was a lot of maintenance with that aspect of it. Um, and because there's real instruments used by actors in the show that also fell to me. So I would have to get guitars serviced quite often and amps serviced. Um, if there was something that was beyond my skill level that broke, say like a chair's leg completely fell off and I'm, I'm an okay carpenter, but I'm not, you know, the best in the world. There's always people around that you can ask for help. So, right. um, especially like something that requires a whole lot of sewing, which I can sew. Okay. But if it has to look really, really pretty, I'll very nicely ask head wardrobe. Can you help me? <laughs> sew this please. Um, so yeah, the, the maintenance does, does fall on us, but, um, there's always people to assist if needed. Yeah. Awesome. Very good. Um, so, so there's some terms that you mentioned that I, I want to pull out just because I'd love for everybody to, to, to learn terms is good to, <laughs> to know, especially if it's something that someday we want to go into this mm -hmm. um, or, you know, the better off you are to begin with. Um, I'm going to go way back in your journey just because <laughs> you mentioned Urta. Um uh, uh, and t talk to us a little bit about what that was. You, that, you said that's where you went and interviewed for some um, uh, graduate programs for universities. Yes, yes. Um, ERTA is a, uh, a conference um, for specifically for students looking to go into grad school. Um, not even, I don't even think you need to be a student, but people looking to go into grad school, um, be it scenic design, lighting design, costume design. Um, so it's held in New York City. Um, at least it was when I, when I did it and, um, you just present your portfolio and graduate schools basically shop around. Um, if they want to have an interview with you, they'll write it down on your little paper that you have a little time slot. Um, and you basically just get interviewed for hours. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
so yeah, you get, uh, and then you can, you can ask them questions. They can ask you questions. Um, and it's just a way to see if you'll be a good fit for their graduate program. Um, and it's also a good, um, it's very helpful if you're looking for, um, to get, uh, tuition assistance and things like that. So, um, and who isn't looking for that? Yes. Yes. So, uh, yeah, so that's, um, some, yeah. Okay. And so, and again, kids, we've talked about this before. It's never too early to start building your portfolio. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Better to have too much to, and pick out some things than to scramble the last minute to have anything in it. Yes. Yes. So, and that is, Erda is specific to theater then and and, potentially scenic or or designs. Yes. Yes. I believe when I was, I mean, it's been a while since I've done it, um, but it was specifically for the design aspect of theater. And I'll put a link to Erda below. Great. (laughs) <laughs> um, Marley and Deck uh, yes. sounds like a cartoon. I think was it Marley and Me. I think. <laughs> so uh, you talked about you guys were responsible. One of your responsibilities is putting down the Marley, or if uh, uh, if it was the Deck, the Carpenters would do it. So yes. I know what those are, but uh, mm-hmm. educate us. Okay, so Marley is a vinyl dance floor um, that's rolled up, um, so it travels on a hopefully on a tube Um, (laughs) uh, and it's just, it's rolled out and it's taped down. Um, And it is, it's mostly for dance from what I understand. Mostly um, it's helpful for dancers, um, a dance heavy show Um, and uh, not tap though. Um, (laughs) And decking is just, um, it's a wooden floor. So it's pieces of floor that lock together um, generally with like a coffin lock. Um, and that is, it's it, it, a lot, there are a couple different reasons for traveling your own floor. Um, I think one of the big reasons is so that your spike marks are with you all the time. Nice. Um, and that you, uh, with rent, the set sort of bolted into the floor. Um, so yeah, so you just travel the floor. Um, yeah, so that you don't have to measure things every single day. <laughs> and nice. um, yeah. it's also more reliable. So the dancers know what they're on every day. Mm-hmm. Um, it's generally the same every day with Marley. It's it's different because sometimes theater floors are concrete. Sometimes they're wood. So that is a little different. Um, I've only used, I, I did, I've done three tours with Marley. Um, yeah, only three tours with Marley. The rest have been deck. Um, yeah, the most recent one I've done with Marley is something rotten. And that was that was cool. And then I did a tour a couple years ago called The Amazing Tour is Not on Fire. And it was just a little YouTube show. So it was just two actors. And it was this really, really cool um, space galaxy print pixelated Marley. So it was a little oh, difficult because awesome. they had to make sure all the seams lined up perfectly. Right. Yeah. It was really cool. Um, cool. Yes. Yeah, so... Uh, Perhaps people okay. lay it down and, and uh, take it up. <laughs> Roll it up. Roll yep. it up. And Roll it's heavy. It, it's heavy. It is heavy. It uh, is heavy. Come down and pick yeah. it up. It's very satisfying to roll up. At least I think it is. Um, yeah. That's one of my favorite. That was my favorite thing on Something Rotten was to roll it and see as how perfectly I could get it rolled up. But <laughs> uh, Prop boxes. Yes. So what are prop boxes? Um, prop boxes are, uh, they're boxes, uh, generally they're sort of like cabinets, um, that open up and have, um, well, for rent 
and for a lot of other shows we've done, we have a prop box stage right and a prop box stage left. They're kind of like gondolas that roll. Um, okay. And when you open them up, it has all the props for that side of the stage, hopefully. Um, you have to do a little shuffling of props just to make everything fit. Um, but it's a way for the actors to get their props as well. So it's a way to travel them, and then it's a way for actors to go and they know where everything is. Everything's labeled. All the props are labeled. Really? So they can, yes. So if it's a, if it's part of the show where they don't have to have a handoff, um, where it's slower and they can just go to the prop box, get their prop, hang out a bit, and then go back out on stage. Um, and it's just a way to stay organized. Nice. Yeah. Um, most people, you know, in, in schools, they probably call them prop tables and they'll have a table. Yes. Right? Yeah. They're not traveling. <laughs> yeah. I actually, I did a tour with only tables. Um, it was that the small, uh, the amazing tour was not on fire because we didn't have enough props to wear in a prop box. So we had a hamper oh. full of props. I'd ask the local to set up a table for me and then I'd put the props on the table. So Got it you. just depends. Depends on the show. <laughs> uh, very good. Well, there's something I'm going to dive into from a conversation you and I had um, before today. Um, and because you had mentioned it and it was something I had never heard of, but uh, it was it's, it's an interesting concept. And again, one of the goals that we want to do is just to help educate people about the life, right? Touring mm -hmm. or, or if somebody's on Broadway. What is that? Yeah. Um, and it has to do with um, what I think you called it a room buyout. Oh, yes. Yeah, just yeah. A, a little short thing, but I thought it was cool. I thought somebody else might. So tell us yeah. what that means. What is it? Because yeah. it's a part of your life. Absolutely. So um, on tour, um, most of the tours that I've been on, generally the um, company provides housing for you, and it's almost always a hotel. So um, and you don't you don't get a choice, but they will book a hotel for you, and it's normally very nice. Um, but the most recent tour I was on, you had the option to take a housing buyout. So in that case. Um, you could opt not to take the hotel room and the company would give you the money, what they would pay for the hotel room and you could find your own housing. Um, uh, I went through the company manager um, and just to make sure that the housing that I was choosing was like, I'm not going to be like 40 miles away or anything like that. Um, so it's nice because a lot of times on tour, you don't get a kitchen. So it's nice to be able to have that option to buy out and, get maybe a small apartment or a Airbnb that has a kitchen and you can cook and you can have um, a space that isn't a hotel because hotels can get a little, a little soulless after a while. So it's, it's nice. Um, it's a nice option to have. Um, it depends on the company and it depends on the tour and it depends on the contract, but it's nice when you have the option. Um, they also have an, uh, a airline buyout as well sometimes um, because when you, in, in my experience, when you sign up for a tour, you are uh, traveling from one city. They assume that you're from, you know, if I'm from Buffalo, that's my point of origin. They fly me to and from Buffalo. But in certain circumstances, you can take a buyout and you can have the money from uh, the airline and you can fly somewhere else. And which was very nice on an international tour, um, because if you only had a week off between cities, you don't really want to go home. <laughs> so having a buyout for that was nice. Yeah, that's cool. That uh, that does give you options. I didn't I mm -hmm. didn't know about the, the flight yeah. buyout too. That yeah, yeah, especially on international. Why would you yeah. want to fly out when you're yeah. in Europe or somewhere? You can fly and see cities you haven't seen. Exactly, it was very yeah. nice. <laughs> that's cool. That's kind of a nice yeah. little perk. Yes. Nice little perk. Yeah. So, um, when when you're on tour, it strikes me that one of the things that you are 
and that a good problem prop, props master must be is kind of a a jack of all trades right mm -hmm. and, and i wouldn't you know the phrase is jack of all trades master of none but i would say honestly that probably doesn't apply you've got to be a jack of all trades and a master of most or many right in order yeah. to what you got to do you're kind of the the everybody's star because you're supporting the whole cast and crew with different things so with that in mind are there some skills that you would recommend for a young aspiring um prop master to to learn and get into their toolkit as quick as they can absolutely um having a base knowledge of carpentry is really really helpful um knowing like how to use a screw gun is just you know, it's helpful because you don't have to rely on anybody to fix your stuff if you, because people are on tour are often busy. And so being self-reliant is really helpful. Um, a basic understanding of sewing is helpful because there's a lot of fabric props and you don't want to always bother the head, head wardrobe to help you. So if it doesn't, especially if it doesn't have to look pretty, if it's just like, oh, this bag ripped in the middle, I have to like sew it up real quick. Strength um, over aesthetics. Yes. Yes, exactly. Um, <laughs> Uh, having some knowledge of, uh, electrics is helpful. Um, I've had to solder things to fix them in the past. I had a microphone on the last tour that I had to fix. So knowing soldering was helpful. Um, it hasn't come up a lot, but it is, it's good to know. Um, I had a sign on the amazing tour is not on fire that just constantly, um, would fall apart. So I'd have to solder it like every show. So <laughs> knowing that was good. Um, yeah, just gathering as many skills as you can is helpful. Um, even if you don't think it will be, um, I was really into book binding in college, um, just for fun. And I was really interested in that. And then on something rotten, um, I needed to make a new notebook for Nigel. And so it was just helpful to have those skills. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's awesome. That's good. So basically whatever you can learn, learn it. Cause you never know when you're going to need it. Yep. That's awesome. Yep, absolutely. All right, so we're kind of down um, to one of my favorite questions of all time here, and and it's because again, you know, I love I love all of these things. I love theater. I'm a big fan. I'm a nerd, right? Um, and I love meeting the people that do them and make the magic happen. The the stars, the hidden stars, because you are good at what you do, um, or you wouldn't be doing it, and and you love it, or you wouldn't be doing it because every you know. It's obvious that to tour, especially in touring, um, that lifestyle is is a, a demanding lifestyle, and you have to sacrifice to be a part of it. So there's something about it that keeps you doing it and keeps you loving it and passionate about it. And I, I would just love to hear you talk a little bit about that. What is it that really gets you, gets fuels you in this and gets you going? I think for me, it's the excitement of something new every day. Um, no theater that I load into is the same. Um, and it often, it, you have to be creative in your approach to loading things in. Um, sometimes the theater is very, very small and you'll walk in in the morning and be like, how is this show gonna fit in here? Um, it always happens and it always works, um, but getting there is exciting to me. So I have a, a lot of fun doing that. I really like organizing the backstage life um, and making sure that the cast knows what's going on because sometimes it'll be like, Oh, this thing that, you know, that's always stage, right. It's not going to be stage right today. Um, that kind of thing is very exciting to me. Um, I like the world of props for the same reason, because it's always something new and it's always unexpected. Um, 
I like having to fix things that I would have had no idea how I could fix them before. Like um, on Mamma Mia, we had a bagpipe that broke and I had to fix a bagpipe. And I never in a million years thought I would have to fix a bagpipe. But um, you mean you, you don't do that all the time? <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, it's just the, the excitement and I love the collaboration and, um, I do, I also love meeting new people every day and working with new people every day, because that's also, you have to be creative in how you work with people because everybody, everybody's communication style is different. So, um, trying to figure out how the most effective way to communicate with someone is, uh, is also really fun for me. So and was that was that something you, you just learned that you had to learn or was there somebody that kind of helped mentor you in some of those things? Um, a lot of it was learned on the job, but um, my, the head props person that I worked with on my first two tours, his name was Joe DeFonzo. He is really, really, he's an excellent people person. And so a lot of it I learned just from watching him and he would, it, it when he would do something, when he would speak to someone and I'd be like, well, why did he, why did he do it this way? He would always explain to me, oh, well, I thought this, and then um, that's why I spoke to them that way. And that's why I um, was, it, my approach was different than what you thought it would be, kind of. Um, so, yeah, he helped me a lot. And a lot of it was trial and error as well, um, especially when I became a prop head for the very first time. Um, it was an international tour. So a lot of people that I was working with, English wasn't their first language, and some of them didn't speak English at all. So that was... Um, also a huge learning experience because it wasn't really so much what I was saying as how I was, um, as how I was saying it kind of. <laughs> and just, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Being patient and <laughs> everything. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, it's good to be a learner and a teacher. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. Always. Yes. That's awesome. Well, is, is there anything else that we haven't talked about yet that you think would be good for our listeners to hear? Maybe um, anything you wish someone had told you when you were considering be, getting into this profession? Yeah, I think the biggest thing I wish that I knew when I started, even in theater in general, is that like not to be afraid to ask other people for help. Um, that theater is such a collaborative art that um, people aren't going to think less of you if you don't know how to do something hopefully. Um, at least I try to not be that way, or I try to be that way. Um, so just not being scared to ask for help. Um, I was very scared at the beginning. I thought I was all on my own. I was like, I'm on props, just my little prop world. Um, but um, just knowing that everybody, it, it's a team, and that uh, you, you, don't have, you don't have to be scared of your shortcomings, because that's how you learn is by asking. So... Yeah, you know, it's, um, I won't, I don't know if I would say it's one of the things that has surprised me the most, but it's one of the things that has pleased me the most, maybe the happiest to realize, is that as I interview um, people and talk to people and hear their story, uh, I, I have yet to experience anyone with what I would say is an ego. Um, and, and people ask me that, hey, when you talk to these people, you have to deal with ego. No, uh, everybody is super nice. And, and they all have that same attitude that you just shared was always, always be looking to learn and always be looking to teach someone else. Um, that's awesome. That is awesome. So, and, and on every level, every level there's, you know, that's when you truly hone your skills is um, when you're, you're willing to, to do both of those things, I believe. Mm -hmm. So 
All right. It's time. And I know that this probably is the whole reason you wanted to be <laughs> on this so that you could be on the Gateway Mortgage Wall of Wisdom, <laughs> right? So it's our wall of wisdom that every guest shares uh, a, a snippet of information or, or advice that um, I, I kind of like to think, you know, Amy, if you could 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 go back in time or make a phone call to young Amy when she was just first starting out in all of this and, and could give her just one tidbit of advice. Um, what would that be? And I'm going to write it on some gap tape. And uh, we're so it's your turn to drop some knowledge on us, some wisdom, some wisdom. What do you think that would be? I would say that nothing that you learn isn't important. Ooh, that's good. So in a, that all of these, well, as when I was young, all of these weird little interests I had um, and all of these things that I chose to do, like book binding and um, drawing anime for hours and hours and hours, it's all helpful. <laughs> it, all, um, it adds to your, your toolbox as a person. So um, don't be afraid to do whatever weird thing you want to do. <laughs> That's exactly right, because you never, ever know. You know, uh, there's there have been things I that people have asked me, and this is just a, it fits into this, but doesn't fit into this, but it brings the point across. Um, for some, whatever reason, I always grew up carrying a pocket knife, mm -hmm. right? And I had people who would always ask me, I don't understand why a pocket knife. Why do you carry a pocket knife? Blah, blah, blah. But you know what? Those are also the people who almost constantly ask me to borrow my pocket knife. <laughs> right? Yeah. There's nothing wrong. If it's something that you, you want to learn, something you want to do, you're going to, it's going to benefit you someday. Yes. Right? And even if it's not that specifically like, like anime, maybe mm -hmm. you're not drawing anime for anything for a tour, but the skills you learned and honed while you drew anime. Yep. Are are incredibly valuable i would i would imagine yeah well very good well i have it i got it right here i was able to get it all on there <laughs> Some, nice. a whole bunch of paint came out on the end so it looks like we really <laughs> want to but there you go and so now we're running out of room we're gonna have to get a bigger board or something but <laughs> room right down here hopefully nobody wants to call michael mcelroy because we just covered his phone number up but that's okay <laughs> All right. Right there. Nothing that you learn isn't important. That's awesome. Including all of the things on our wall of wisdom. They're all important. Mm -hmm. All important. Well, the last thing I want to do here uh, before saying goodbye is we believe that as a star, you are truly a star just as much as any actor, any musician. It doesn't matter. Uh, the magic doesn't happen. Uh, really doesn't happen without you. It sounds like the whole thing would fall apart, right? Nobody would know what to do without Amy. That's awesome. Um, and so, but you don't get to go out and take a curtain call. And so I am going to represent the world. And I want to give you a curtain call. I want to give you a round of applause for all that you do because you deserve it just as much as anyone. And, and, and so this is for you, for all that you do. Thank you. <laughs> you, if you want to bow, curtsy, or yeah, just listen. I don't. Care, <laughs> and and you know what? If you're listening, hey, clap for Amy when this is over. <laughs> you you truly do deserve it because we really we don't just say that we believe that you are a star, and and thank you for being a star and thank you for all you do. 
thank you. This was this was awesome. <laughs> Well, you know what? We think that you are awesome, and uh, it's been our privilege to have you here today. So, so thank you for joining the family. You're a part of us now. You'll always be. Uh, you're welcome back to hang out in the trailer anytime you want. That's just always right here. Um, but you know what? Everybody else, thank you for joining us as well. Of course, we love having you here. Uh, we, we, you know, if we, I think I would still do this, even if they would, people would just talk to me if nobody listened, but it's much more fun to know that people all over the world are interested in this. And, um, because, you know, you need to share this with people. Um, if you have friends in theater and they're not watching the program, why are you keeping this to yourself? This is treasure. So share, uh, subscribe. If you haven't subscribed yet, subscribe, like, comment, all of those things helps us, um, as we, as we do this and help kind of fund the program. So, so do those things and spread the word. Go out and, and be an evangelist for the hidden stars of theater. I'll love you for it. Amy will love you for it. Right, Amy? Absolutely. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. But thank you guys for joining us today. Hey, uh, thank you, Poway uh, High School in San Diego, California. Um, you guys are my heroes as well. You're our stars for the day, too. Uh, and yeah, everybody else, we'll see you next time. Have a great day. Bye-bye. <laughs>